welcome to the Car Sim and Race Driver Show, presented by Hugh Hattrick. We have Bathurst in the course, my very special guest, basically, Rascal Rabbit, Josh Martin. It's great to have you back on the show. Drive fast and try not to crash. Hello and good evening and welcome to the Car Sim and Race Driver Show. And tonight we have the royal couple of sim racing. I was trying to think of how can I introduce the couple that we have here in front of us. It is, of course, Jeff and Thea. Welcome back to the show. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Good evening. Welcome. Good to be back. It is good, great to have you back on the show. Now, I, I believe, um, Sarah, you've just been racing. You've been doing some F1 for a charity stream. How did that go tonight? Um, so the racing didn't go that well. I finished last, but uh, I hope the racing did go well. I think it's an awesome, an awesome uh, thing to be doing to be raising money through for racing and gaming ultimately. So I absolutely love this this uh, this sort of event. It's cool. Uh, so yeah, big thank you to. Cut my stuff for this and the Birmingham space. That was a great initiative. Yeah, you're certainly doing lots of different types of races, aren't you? From F1 to Group Three. Um, are you still doing a bit of rallying as well? Uh, I am. Yes, we we've got some coming up soon. Uh, I think because there's a lot of uh, opportunities that come around, uh, I have to move things around because I haven't got enough time for all the sims. But yeah, it's coming back soon. Yeah. And of course, Jeff, you've been racing in some of the races that uh, that Thea is in as well. How have you found that? Uh, yeah, it's been uh, it's been great actually. I'm lucky to finally have um, a rig as well. We've been changing things around. You can see we've got this uh, room behind us with uh, Thea's rig here, obviously behind me, and then my rig is to the side here. I've got to come this my rig and desk in one configuration, so I'm actually able to take part now, which is great. And I took part in the last enduro race that our community hosted, which was part of the enduro discovery series, which was brilliant, kind of getting people involved in enduro racing. And it was in eight hours at Spa. And I took one stint in the middle of the race and it was pouring with rain. Uh, I'd never driven the Bentley in the rain before. Uh, so that was quite exciting because I was happened to join the team that were trying to win the championship on the pro series so that was quite scary but just about pulled it off had a fairly fun stint one little accident but you know nothing too scary and uh yeah i'm also taking part in the double vision series which is gt3 and gt4 racing on wednesday nights so next round is at donnington tomorrow night so plenty of practice tomorrow and uh, yeah hoping to put in a good show on that as well so it's great to get back into some racing finally yeah, will that be streamed as well? Is that something that we can watch on YouTube? <laughs> uh, well, I would say that I'm not going to be streaming it in a hurry. Uh, we've noticed that if you try and stream twice in one household, that will kill your internet pretty quickly. So, yeah, maybe one day in the future when we have lots of fibre connections and everything's great, we'd like to both stream. But until then, uh, we let Ted do the streaming and I'm just having a bit of fun racing sometimes. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Now, see, it's been well over a year since you started your sim racing um, um, career and, and uh, you've done some amazing things. I think the last time you were on the show, it was about the end of August or early September time. But a lot has happened since then. So tell us about some of the highlights of the last 12 months. Can you hear me? 
Yeah, that's it. Yeah. No, yeah. Well, you muted. Uh, it would be good if you could mute yourself, though, because I can hear myself in echoing. Oh, good. Okay, so uh, so there's been uh, more female races season one and two that went uh, super well. I think the the bar in terms of level in in season two was ra raised really high, and I can't wait for season three that's coming soon. That was definitely one of my best highlights. I, I still remember the feeling after the, the season one, how how warm I felt inside, seeing all these uh, these women enjoying racing and messaging me and telling me how much they enjoyed it. So that was definitely one of the best highlights of. Uh, of uh, this past year. Uh, being on the Formula E show was a completely new experience as well. Uh, I've never been on a, a sort of a TV studio and that was uh, that was amazing. Um, shame again about my, my lap in, uh, while I was on the show, but, uh, but it was such an amazing experience uh, being part of the virtual Grand Prix. It's it's been really crazy. Um, there's been lots of opportunities in pretty much all sims. Um, and yeah, it's been, I think that's been my three highlights really recently. Um, I, I could probably go on and on and, and list you more, but uh, that'll be the three that pop in my mind as, uh, as you asked this question. Ah, fantastic. And what would you say, because I mean, I've, I've watched quite a few of your streams and you've had some really good performances. Uh, what, where do you think are the areas that you've learned the most in the last 12 months? Uh, it's. I mean, I've learned about a lot of things in different type of racing. Um, recently, I've learned the Nautch life, uh, which I thought was. I, I would. It would take me at least a, a, a more than a, a couple of years to to get there, but I've managed to do that. Um, I think in terms of uh, understanding the car, the physics, maybe I'm starting to get a bit involved in my setup as well. Um, yeah, I've just picked up bits by bits here and there uh, about racing line as well i just know a bit more where to push the car i feel like i'm i know where when the car is on the edge now so it's definitely when uh yes uh, i think it's where i've learned the most i guess yeah Wait, yeah fantastic so do you find that with all this kind of incredible amount of sim racing in the last 12 months uh, or more fact since the beginning of last year that when you get into your car which i believe is a fiesta if i remember correctly you have a little yes. fiesta um that, that the same kind of feeling of right when you get to those red lights you're about to head off and use all your skills um on the road or are you very calm and relaxed when you're behind the wheel jeff what do you think am i calm on the road <laughs> no she's a nightmare she started hitting curbs on the inside of the uh road now because she's trying to hit the apex <laughs> so yeah, a bit, bit of a nightmare. The tire, the uh, the the alloys are gone. Hubcaps are ruined. But uh, yeah, no, she's she's probably got a bit more skills now at higher speed. Uh, I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Probably makes her a bit too brave. But yeah, she's all right <laughs> on the road. She's pretty safe. We got to get too far on our one point four diesel. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not going anywhere at the red lights. When it goes green, I'm I'm the last one to go. Normally, really? ah, yeah, there's no power in this. <laughs> But, uh, oh, that's fantastic. And have you been doing any kind of also, I know you, you did a day away um, simulator training last year or this year, uh, but have you done any kind of uh, real racing as well um, over the last six months? You've been doing any actual driving um, days or race days, that kind of thing too? Uh, no, obviously lockdown has slowed down um, a lot. What was uh 
well, the, any type of racing I would have done. I can't wait to go back go-karting. I think uh, Jeff and I have plans to to go very soon and, and see if uh, I can transfer the skill I've learned through sim racing. Uh, there's also a track day that I've got in the uh, Super Trofeo, the Lamborghini Super Trofeo, which I will be driving on a little track in the UK. So that's, uh, that's a, a couple of um, options we've got for the future. I haven't done much much racing no in real life at all except my Ford Fiesta trip to my local Sainsbury that's pretty much what uh what happened I think she wants to 1v1 Super GT on karting so we'll, uh, we'll see how that goes yeah <laughs> maybe you time your stints to Sainsbury's who can do the quickest run that uh, you can get it down to five minutes each way or whatever it might be but um <laughs> But um, no, that sounds absolutely fantastic. And do you think with all this sim racing experience that you've got now, um, that when you get behind the wheel of a real racing car, it will actually help you? Do you think, do you think you'll be right on it? Um, because you kind of know what, you know, you've done so much GT3 um, and that kind of driving before. I think I think so. Um, I think I was already quite confident when I was on a go kart. That's my only real real life experience. And I think that uh, now that I'm feeling a lot more confident uh, behind my sim racing wheel, I will definitely feel a lot more confident with what I'm doing on track. So I really can't wait to see what it's going to be like. I really can't wait to see what I'm doing with that super trofeo car because I think I'm going to push it to the edge if I can on that little track. Um, yeah, I think it's it's going to be it's going to be amazing. Yeah, absolutely. I think you'll be. It's always when I ever drive a car like that. Um, it's always the noise that gets you, because even at idle and you're sitting there, and there's always a few delays. You know, when the instructor's getting in the car, but the, you're sitting in there waiting, and it, and it's it's even noisy um, on idle. I remember watching the Super Trofeos at Ingolston in Scotland a few years back, and they were really loud. You know, that V10 is an incredible engine. Um, so I'm sure once you get behind the wheel, it will be it will be great fun, um, and I'm sure you'll make the most of it. Now we've got some good questions already that have been asked by those who are watching um, in the chat, and the first uh, question is from someone called Back B A K. Um, what car series do you prefer to race in, and in which game? Back gang. <laughs> um, so. I mean, for me, it's very easy. Since the beginning, the first game I played was ACC. So it's always going to be GT3 racing ACC. It just gives me... I was telling Jeff the other day, there's no other game that I pick up and I'm going around Spa at high speed and my heart just starts beating. I, I get this this emotion. This uh, It's a thrill that I don't get with any other type of racing, or at least I haven't gotten it yet. Uh, maybe I will get it when I go back on the go-karting track. Who, who knows? Um, but yeah, I think ACC... And I would second that with rallying, even though I haven't done much lately. It's also one sort of racing I, I really enjoy. But the first is ACC uh, GT3 racing. Fantastic. And uh, now one of my uh, co-hosts um, uh, co who, who does the odd, the odd stream with me as well is he's asked the question, have you got any tips for me to do dirt rally? Because he's seen me play it and I was pretty terrible. So was, what's your big tips for, for playing dirt rally if you've not had much experience on it? Um, Send it. <laughs> when when I ask this question, people normally tell me go faster. Uh, so I'd say the problem is I'm cheating a little bit with a uh, dot rally because I tend to do the the tracks or the the stage over yeah. a couple of times before you know um, at least four times, and then you start remembering. Okay, on that turn, I can push a bit more. It's a little bit like a 
like GT3 racing or any track that you're learning, you have to, to do it a couple of times to know what you're doing. And um, yeah, just like if you were doing a walk, just, just go a couple of times, uh, try and remember a couple of things and then go for it. Just send it. <laughs> Fantastic. Now, that's the thing, because I don't really do the shakedowns. Probably I should do more of it, isn't it? That gives you a chance to learn the stage a bit more. But it is great fun. And when I watch like you doing these things and, and you go so fast on these cliff edges and I think I would just be down the cliff but you manage to stay on the road um, which is always which is always fun how do you find Jeff watching Thea um, doing all these races um, does she still ask you for the odd bit of advice here and there um, well I mean the sad reality is that she's a lot faster than me on most tracks now especially on a set of course of competition eh? so she doesn't really need to ask me for much help in getting around the track um, one thing I would say is that she's probably a lot faster than her experience Right. So as a lot of people have been racing for 15, 20 years and won't get some of the lap times that she's getting at the moment, which means when she's racing and doing really well uh, with her lap times, she'll find herself racing against people who are normally quite experienced and have a lot of racecraft, which is a whole different thing altogether. Right. I mean, qualifying and hot lapping is great, but actually what we're here for is racing and winning. So getting to the point where she feels like she can uh, sort of you know control races and win races is something I can still help with now and again, just giving her a bit of advice, sort of on you know little things to do on track. But no, she's a lot faster than me now with most stuff, so I just kind of leave her to it. And in fact, she helps me with uh, tracks and so on and get me up to speed a little bit. She'll probably do that tomorrow on Donington, uh, for example. So uh, yeah, uh, it's a bit of a mix to be honest. Yeah, and I know that you, you went to Brands Hatch last year and that was your kind of first visit and watching the real racing kind of going on um what, what would be the you know given the, the lockdown and once it hopefully all releases and you can get out and about where would you like to go what would be your first um kind of motor racing event you would like to to visit this year uh, i'll answer that one first shall I? yeah um so uh yeah brand's house last year was brilliant um it was the first time we'd ever been to a proper full-size race circuit really in that respect it was even karting and so on but they yeah, we went to brand's house it was a historic f1 event had loads of different cars there can-am gt all through the 70s and 80s and 60s and 50s even so that was brilliant and um so yeah that was uh, an amazing event for this year i think looking at what's going on it feels like a lot of things are being pushed to later in the year because people feel like it'll be a bit easier to hold them so uh we it, it, i think everyone's a bit nervous about planning stuff um you know it's not cheap these things i guess if it was cancelled or so on you probably get your money back but i don't know i think we would love to do an f1 race this year somewhere in europe um and we would probably love to do a gt race this year i think again uk or europe i think that'd be lovely um obviously we were in a lot of contact with uh, dave perlett sim grid he helps out a lot with uh, what Taya does in her racing and and he suggested we should sort of go and see him at a race so if there's any chance to do that this year that'd be brilliant uh, those kind of things so yeah we'd love to do as much as possible really and definitely get to a cart track a few times so yeah that'd be the goal and then maybe you'll see the the sim racing expo which is at the nurburgring in september so maybe you should book a flight for that hugh um, um yeah i'll join you at that one that does look right amazing. Yeah, it does. It looks like a lot of fun. So, you know, there'd be maybe a chance to get to a few tracks in that way, for sure. What about you, Terry? Any tracks you want to hit this year? Spa 24? Yes, uh, I think my top three is Spa Silverstone and uh, Nordschleife. That'd yeah, be that... the, the first three, yeah. Uh, yeah similarly, there's, a, there's a, a racing driver's academy um, or a, a race course you can do um, at Abu Dhabi. Uh, just on the Grand Prix circuit, but I think they, they, they cut it up a little bit. Um, but it looks spectacular. I was seeing that on YouTube, and oh, that looks absolutely amazing. Uh, I, I think it's like a proper Formula 3 car, maybe even faster. 
Um, so they put you in a proper single seater, and then you can be imagine being imagine driving under the lights at Abu Dhabi on your first kind of something, wouldn't it? But, um, yeah, I think uh, we should. Do, what we'll do, we'll start a, a GoFundMe, a Just Giving page, to pay for our flights, and uh, yeah, we can get, and then probably another one to pay for the actual experience. <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, well, yeah, sounds good here. We're up for one that. of my co-hosts is a captain uh, for for a major airline, so he'll probably be able to get the deal on the tickets. And well, indeed, Pears Bad is a, a pilot for Air France, no less. Um, so yeah, lots of pilots around, I guess. So uh, yeah, oh. we should we should hook it up. Sounds we'll good. We'll get you there, get you sorted out. Now we've got a great question from Gary Gilmore. He's saying um, for both of you, do you watch any other racing YouTubers? No. <laughs> No, no one, not even you, Hugh, to be honest. We I mean, this is the in your channel. So, <laughs> congratulations on 337 subscribers. Looks like you're doing a lovely job here. Um, yeah, we, we only watch BBC One, to be honest. Uh, and that's it. So, we don't see any streamers on BBC One, unfortunately. So, no, sometimes a bit of BBC Two and Channel Four if we're feeling risky, but that's about it. So, no, no, other, no other YouTubers, just nothing really. Ted, do you watch any? You're telling me you don't. Yeah, we do. So we watch you. Uh, normally, play uh, GT Sports when we watch. Um, I, I have only caught him once or twice playing ACC. I don't know if he's been playing it more and more. Attention, <laughs> nice. um, uh, Okay. <laughs> we still watch Super GT videos. I think they're still in Laos. Uh I know Jeff watched uh, Game of Muscle as well. Um, we do watch a lot of Dardy too because he's doing a lot of racing. And more recently, I started watching Do King as well, uh, who's part of, of Dardy's community and is really, really fast. So I like to watch fast people because watching them, uh, I, I try to emulate them. So um, so yeah, I think it's it's always good to 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 watch as many as possible, especially if they're fast. Yeah, we do. We do watch um, just about everyone, to be fair. Uh, Jimmy well. Broadbrent, Kai, um, I'm trying to think of us. Obviously, some of the ladies we watch. So we watch uh, Taya's friends, like uh, Yvonne, Yvonne Vandenberg. Uh, and then we watch Verena and Andy. Uh, Marin never streamed, does she? Um, then we see Love46 sometimes on Twitch and others as well. So, yeah, there's just loads. So every, everyone, to be honest, that we can catch. Um, there's not enough. Uh, obviously, like you mentioned, Jardier and people like that. So... Yeah, not a lot that we don't watch, really, to be honest, that I can think of at the moment. Um, there's probably some on more like the, the Formula One side and so on that we don't see as much of, like, uh, Tietman Duck. Tiet, was it Tietman Duck? I don't even know his name. Apologies. Uh, I know he's very popular. Um, and there's a few like that, like a, a Rav and so on, uh, who do Formula One stuff that maybe Terry will be, watch a bit more in the future. Um, mm -hmm. But, yeah, it's always good to find new ones, right? Um, so, yeah, we watch them all, I'd say. Fantastic. And who's been the biggest surprise to race against? Because obviously you've seen many of them on, on, on stream, but then you've actually raced against many of them. I know you've raced against Jimmy Broadbent. Did you want to have a race with Jimmy Broadbent in maybe one of your Group 3 races? Um, who's, who's been the, the, the biggest surprise that you've, oh. that you've ended up racing against? So I've raced Jimmy Broadbent in the F1 Virtual GP, but I, I unfortunately my, my wheel broke halfway through the, well, halfway, two laps into the race. So I didn't really get to race him that much. I don't think I've had many races with him after, uh, apart from that. Um, I did race Jardy on a couple of occasions. Now I'm saying race, it was more him flashing me because I had a blue flag. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it, I've, I've actually been punted off, well, a little bit off, off the way by uh, Jensen Button in the 12 hours of Silverstone uh, for the Brain Tumor Charity uh, that was organized by the same grid. So I've had my fair share of, uh, yes, racing with uh, 
I guess that would be the, the one that comes to mind. Jensen Button was quite aggressive compared to 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 Jorge, who's used to the online world more than the re real life world. Uh, Jensen was a bit too aggressive, maybe. Did you report him? Did you report him <laughs> to the stewards? He didn't. No, no, no. He didn't cause any pro any issue. He was just a little bit of a of a loft type. Uh, just get off my way, um, which which I did. <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. Now, um, one of the questions we've had there is, did you see the Formula One at the weekend? And if you did, what was uh, what did you find the most exciting part? Oh, it's it's tough because, uh, as you can imagine, I'm not the happiest girl here. Uh, I was <laughs> so definitely not a huge. Well, I think. Um, secretly, I'm a fan of uh, Verstappen. So uh, Alpine is my team, but then I also support him. Um, normally, it's avoid the disappointment, but uh, I was I was very surprised by the ending. The fact, uh, yeah, I think it was. I, I wasn't expecting that. I thought it was going to go for it, and we were going to have him, but he had to give the the position back. So I guess that was the most surprising. Uh, I can't say there was a highlight for me because I'm supporting the, the wrong team. <laughs> That's all right. No, that's. <laughs> but I think Jeff was. Um, Jeff, you supporting? Who are you supporting? McLaren, Mercedes? I'm not sure. I'm the biggest Lewis fan. You'll find. <laughs> Don't try it. Yeah, it was a bit uh, yeah and I thought the I thought the opening laps battle between Lando and uh, Ricciardo was brilliant. Uh, really yeah. enjoyed seeing that. Very close. Both of them gave each other a fair bit of room because they're teammates, which is good in the end because obviously there wasn't any connections and any punctures or anything like that glancing each other. So I thought they raced together really well. Uh, Yuki with a great couple of dives. And of course, the fight at the end between Max and Lewis was great. I got the feeling Max might not sort of catch him and have enough pace to overtake him. And if he did, Lewis would probably be able to attack back. And then obviously Max did the thing where he overtook outside the track, unfortunately. And then later on, overshot about three turns later and at that point there was another gap to, to get back and he didn't have the time to do it in, and his tyres were starting to fall off as well he probably overcooked them at that point so a lot of fantastic battles uh, up and down the grid uh, there'll be more this year right so looking forward to it yeah, yeah. and I, I think potentially with the, the way that Max was so much quicker I mean about four tenths in qualifying and clearly was quicker overall in the race um, I don't think Lewis is going to have it his own way I, th I think it definitely will be I mean, that's a big gap to try and turn around maybe other circuits and other circuits may be better for Lewis, but I think I think we could see Max doing really well, maybe even claiming a title. Um, it's it's certainly I think it's going to be exciting. Yeah. And the whole and the midfield is quite close as well, which uh, which is always good. Um, if there was a Grand Prix that you could get to, um, which one would it be? What well, you know if, if there was no expense spared, you could you could go and watch any F1 race you would like. What would it be? Um, I would have said Monaco before, but um, in terms of racing, I think it wouldn't be the the the, the most exciting for me. So I guess I, I really don't know. I, I I like all the tracks. I guess I, I I'm going to be really boring and say Spa or Silverstone because they are just my ultimate favorite tracks. So I would just go to one of these. What about yeah. you, um, Jeff? I'm just looking at some of the tracks on the wall here. I've got a lovely poster uh, with a lot of tracks on it. Uh, let me show you, actually. I might be able to swing it round for you. There we go. Can we see that? Have I broken it? There we go. Look at that. Oh, wow. So that's got that's got the Isle of Man TT around the outside, which you can see there is Scarfell Mountain Course. Or Snaffell, sorry. So that's the Isle of Man TT to scale around the outside and then all the other tracks inside it to scale. 
you've got Le Mans in the middle. You've got Nordschleife in the top right there. Uh, all sorts of tracks around here. Beautiful. And all the details about them there. So um, if I were to pick a track to go and see you know, with no cost uh, to fear, uh, I, I think the, the expenses bit adds a dynamic to it because, of course, you think, well, it'd be nice to get paid to go and see Monaco considering how much that cost. Um, but... Um, <laughs> I think for me, seeing Formula One cars at, um, I don't know, no expense, maybe just the Red Bull ring, you know, the Red Bull ring is very tight. So you can see a lot of the action from that, I'm guessing. I've never been there, obviously, but uh, yeah, I'm guessing for the Red Bull ring, you can probably see a lot of the action. So a nice expensive trip to Austria in the mountains in a big chalet. There we go. And uh, yeah, grandstand view of all the action right up on turn one, I'm guessing. Um, I mean, I could say, oh, here we go. That's a good point. Circuit Gilles Villeneuve. Yeah, a good seat, a good seat there. Good it's shout, Andrew. Favorite, yeah. yeah, yeah, that'd be nice. Circuit of Gilles Villeneuve. Um, and you want a couple of options? The F1 paddock, you know, the the paddock pass. Yes. Now, yeah. now, I think the, one of the first places they launched it, I think, was Canada, and it's Lovely. right above the pit lane. Um, Give so me the god pass. Yeah, let me in everywhere. And it's so you can sit there and you can have your buffet and your champagne and and watch the racing, and it has big screens in front of you, so you don't miss any of the action. And then you can wander outside onto the balcony and watch my kind of race. Back. Beautiful. Right. So um, that would be, yeah, I think that would be a fantastic one. But um, but now we've got some some more people coming on. It's great to see everybody in the chat. Keep your questions coming, um, and we'll we'll pass them all through to Jeff and Sarah. So what do you think is going to be the biggest challenge you're facing this year in sim racing, and um, with the invites that you've had and races you're going to be participating in? First of all, to you, Thea. The biggest challenge for me is to try and not overwhelm myself too much because I, I say yes to everything and I'm ending up having free race on the same week and no time to practice all of them. Mm. Um, so that'd be the, the biggest challenge. Uh, yes, focusing on one thing at the time and getting my pace up because I need I always need to thrive and uh, yeah, so I can reach my goal to compete at high level one day. I know I'm not there yet, but uh, but yeah, we've got, we've done some amazing progress. So that'll be. That'd be this. Yeah. And if there's a kind of, I know obviously you, you said you love the GT3 cars and that, that's the ones that you really want to thrive in. Um, is there another kind of maybe a, another car that gives you a real thrill when you drive it on ACC or one of the other games that, that makes you think, oh, I'd love to have a go on one of these or get, you know, get really competitive in, in this uh, category? Well, um, so at the moment I was, for the past maybe six weeks i've been learning the notch life uh, with my friend matt evans and at the end of uh well we do an hour where he's training me um, on one sector and then the second hour we just go around the notch life with the community uh, in different cars and each week he has selected the type of uh, of different cars so themed uh, for example yesterday i was driving the uh, v8 supercars around the notch life and i found them really fun uh, but that was my first experience really driving a supercar V8, really properly driving it with the the blip, having to deal with all this uh, this side side things. Um, and I also really enjoy driving the Porsche uh, 962, was it? Which, uh, so it, great cars. I think I, I haven't tried all the cars to say just yet which my favorite is, but there are some cars that I've tried in the past few weeks, the Ford Mustang, um, 302R and uh, the Mini, the, the, the list is growing of the cars that I really like. So I, I would love to to get to drive one of these in real life one day. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. And I've been watching you as well, Jeff, during your streams. The last one was, I think, was an American track. 
Um, it was a kind of oval, but it had an in, an in course. Uh, roval, yes, that's what they call yeah. them. Roval, yes, road oval. Uh, yes, yeah, sorry, please come. And uh, so that was because you've been doing lots of what I think we're doing the Mazda MX-5. So have you got some big plans coming up? Are you going to extend? Well, it? yeah. Um, I'll, I'll be honest. Um, obviously, I've got a channel, the Sim Cafe, which is great fun, uh, and that's kind of what it is, right? It's just a bit of fun, and I dare say that I like to do things where I can kind of keep them going. And I have struggled with the Sim Cafe to find the time to really do that because I'm always invariably helping Tear run that channel, and that's kind of our priority, and that's what we enjoy doing the most. And obviously, there's a lot going on with that all the time, and it only grows. So it is a bit hard to kind of find the time to do the Sim Cafe as well. Um, I did have plans to meet the Pineapple Gang, one of the teams who have been taking part in our Enduro series, uh, and have a chat with them on my next show. So I should arrange that and make that happen. Um, but the Sim Cafe is fun to do, but I don't do it all the time. I think there might be a chance soon where I'll get to start doing it again on Sunday mornings, which would be nice. And also, there was a point recently where I was doing a lot of racing in the Mazda, like you said, on iRacing. Um, I wanted to get into at least D-Class on uh, for license on both Oval and Road, and that's what I was doing at the time. Um, it was all free content, of course, in iRacing. Also, you pay for the subscription, but that content is free. So uh, I was able to do all that for free, and now the next kind of series I'd want to do it, I'd just start paying for. So you're a bit like, uh, uh, I'm, I've kind of moved away from that now, and I'm back to ACC because that's I've already paid for that. It's free. So I'm enjoying a lot of ACC racing at the moment. Um, with the yeah it's coming soon sarah don't worry i just saw her in chat um but yeah uh is uh i'm uh, i'm planning to do more acc with the community with taya um and i racing i find that you kind of need to do a lot of it because it's so different to acc the feel is so different and if you don't do a lot of one you can then not be very good at it and then not start to enjoy it so much so i think i'm kind of focusing more on acc at the moment uh and then streaming it potentially in the future but i think one thing i'd really love to do this year is obviously a 24-hour race with taya at some point uh would be really cool uh, I do love enduro racing in teams, a lot of fun. The longest we've done is 12. She's done a few of those now. I've done one. And uh, yeah, it'd be great to do a proper uh, big 24-hour race, um, preferably on ACC. I mean, people have mentioned iRacing. Obviously, there's more variety on iRacing. Uh, but I think for me, an ACC 24-hour race would be pretty cool to start with. Uh, so yeah, let's uh, let's see what the future holds. Uh, but yeah, like Taya said, her biggest challenge is kind of focusing on not too many things because she does, of course, have a full-time job still. She's a very busy lady. And um, we'd love to do more and more things uh, with the channel community. There's only there's so many ideas we have as well, so many things we could do, uh, and it's kind of frustrating almost that we can't really do them all because the more you try and do, obviously you'll start diluting what happens. Yeah. So yeah, it's just finding that balance. I think is the hardest part at the moment. That's fantastic. And now going on to um, your channel because it's it's grown hugely over the last uh, six months. Even um, you've seen a lot of growth because you did these big F1 races and. You were on TV, you're on, I'm sure you had the Sky coverage when you were doing the, the F1 race a wee while ago. Um, what's that been like to, to see your channel explode and lots and lots of new people coming along and, and uh, becoming fans of the channel? I mean, it's, it's all being super positive. I think uh, for, for me, as for Jeff, who's helping a lot in the background, it's always about sticking to our goals. So we've been sticking to our goals. I think uh, being part of... Uh, of uh, events such as uh, F1 Virtual GP was great for exposure, but exposure to show that to, to all the girls out there that uh, if you can, uh, well, if you can't uh, 
if you can't see it, you can't be it. Uh, so showing my face has has brought uh, somehow more girls viewers because I can see now that my, uh, that uh, the number of uh, of girls watching is a little bit higher. It's still really low, but we're getting somewhere. So we're definitely doing uh, the right move on on that sense. It's been amazing. We've been growing the community uh, with more incredible people. I, I think we're we're way over seven hundred people now on Discord. Seven. Uh, maybe 800 people jeff 850 or so yeah 850 yeah um so so yeah we've got an incredible community we with who we can race on a, on a weekly basis on a daily basis uh, it's it's been great it's been all positive and i can't wait to see where that takes us oh, that's fantastic it's i mean it's been great to see it all grow and to see more and more people come along and and then you you know as you race in these great races and against you know real racing drivers and other uh, kind of YouTubers, and, and you're and you're getting your foot in there, you know, and you're and it's it's, it's really really good. It's uh, we can't wait to see you getting up further up the grid uh, because it's, it can only be a matter of time um, before you're going to show exactly what you can do, and and uh, and there'll be a few people thinking, oh my goodness, I've got to race against there, and they'll be they'll be trying to do all the tricks of the trade to try and keep you behind them. Well, what would you say has been the biggest um, in terms of racecraft? Um, what has been your biggest improvement in that? Um, it's it's some tough question you're asking here, uh, Hugh. Uh, I think in terms of racecraft, for me the most challenging is what Jeff was saying earlier: is that my pace has uh, has grown because I understand the concept of the racing line and eating the apex and trail breaking. I'm improving all these things little by little, but I think the hardest thing. Um, for me to still juggle with is uh the racecraft the overtaking what to do when i'm following someone up really close can i follow someone up really close and i think i'm doing this better and better but it's definitely the most challenging um the most challenging i've had well I've, i'm still i'm still learning on every race is something happen and you know you get punted uh, uh, before t1 you have to to continue racing uh, all, all this is a, a huge challenge so i'd say the race craft and and dealing with the with what happened in the race is uh is the most challenging yeah what do you think you've improved most in your race craft um I, I I know I can follow people up very close and I'm a lot aggressive um, a lot more aggressive but I, I haven't I haven't got that uh, I, I haven't got then uh, I haven't reached that level that I want to be in because I'm I'm fast I'm just not I just haven't got the experience mm -hmm. now I say we've got some good good comments here coming up as well and um, say from Mark Lewis saying dealing with all the past Bentleys coming past but is that reference to Jeff coming through in a Bentley? But, um, but <laughs> I'm not going to say that. <laughs> and then we've got, as I was saying, do the gloves still help? Because you're, you quite like wearing gloves um, for some of your racing. Do you still find that you're wearing gloves for your races? Yes, they are always next to me. I try to clean them as often as possible so they don't, they don't get too smelly. But yeah, I'm wearing the frame gloves. They are amazing. They're super light. Um, I don't think I ever race without them. Even if I just go on for a couple of flaps, I always put them on. It just becomes oh. more than an habit. Ah, no, that's nice. Sorry, I, I misread the question. That, um, but yeah, no, it's quite good because they do stop your hands from sweating away, isn't it? And it keeps it a lot better um, from making it easier to hold the wheel. But uh, now Sarah Johnson has asked, um, which Bentley is the best car in ACC? 
It's a Ferrari the best car in ACC. There's no there's no other answer to this. They're asking this question because they do know what I think about the Bentley and they're teasing me. And they are not going to hear anything from me on this. You know, the McLaren 720S is the best car in ACC, of course. It's the best looking and the best sound and it's great to drive. So I think that's settled. Thank you, Hugh. <laughs> That would be the thing. That um, now, um, going in, in terms of um, your your kind of upcoming races and things like that, um, what would be? I mean, you mainly do kind of normal proper racing cars in the games, but do you ever like driving kind of more kind of road cars in games as well? Because um, I know that the set of Corsa offers you that possibility. But is that something that you sometimes have a little go in? Uh, yeah. So I've I've been doing it lately uh, on the Notch Life. Um, I absolutely love driving a manual car. I've learned last year, uh, it was really hard actually, to do heel and toe. So I'm very, very pleased every time I get to drive a, a manual car and then use the... Uh, oh. a little blip. Yeah, I just love it. It's, it's very rewarding. Once you know how to master it, it's just that little... It's beautiful. Because ah, you've got the manual gearbox on your on your rig. And you've got a handbrake as well on your rig, haven't you? Yes. When you do the rallying. And how do you find? I've never played a, a, a rig uh, with with the, the manual gearbox. Is it is it kind of? Do you find that there's a bit of play in it, or is it very tight, like a proper racing gearbox should be, and things like that? Does it does it change very quickly? There's two answers to that. Um, Taylor's never used a racing gearbox. And secondly, <laughs> uh, the Fiesta feels great downstairs, obviously, but um, the, the, the Thrustmaster THAA shifter is a great shifter. And also we do have a slight mod on it, which makes it a little bit more clunky. So to be honest, it feels great. Yeah, it really does. Ah, fantastic. Now, that's really good. That, um, and what would be your ultimate car um, when the Fiesta finally has its day and you, you could go into the garage and say, right, something new, please. What would you end up buying? Where's it going to be, Ta? Oh, that's it. I I had two Clios when I was in France, so I would just go straight back to having a a Renault. Unfor unfortunately for Jeff, I don't think that'd be what he'd pick. Um, or a little Mini Cooper. I, I like small, curvy cars. So for a road car, I'd just definitely have a a, a little Renault. Maybe an electric car. I think it's going to be you're both going to have a car. That might be a better question. So you can both choose one. You can both have one. But so actually, you you would like the Megane. The new Megane RS three hundred is a fantastic car, um, and it's you can have that in manual and in in automatic. Um, so that would be that would be quite a machine. That, and it's uh, that might be good enough there for the two of you. But um, what's what's been the uh, the best car you've ever driven in in real life, other than your Fiesta? Oh. Um, when I was a teenager, well, I was, I just learned to drive. So I just had my driving lessons. One of my friends, his dad had an Audi, um, and he, he let me just start it. And I, I had my, my head back onto the, uh, back seat when, uh, when I pushed the throttle. So that was one of the pretty much the best experience, I guess. Uh, it was only for a couple of meters cause I was quite scared at the time. I just had my driving lessons. I wouldn't go further but yeah um that would be the best experience other than that i've driven my uh my mom's car who was who was as good as fabia oh, and that was a lot more smoother than any other car i've driven before so there you go my two best experience uh i think you've you've probably forgotten my dad's mondeo thank you uh, mondeo <laughs> gear 
no less. Uh, M registration, uh, Hugh. So we're looking at 1994, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. Absolute dream machine. Uh, fake walnut dash was falling as, apart. As was oh, it was not. It was just a bit used as it was, but uh, a, a, a marvelous machine all the same. So yeah, I think that might have been her best car. The my father's Mondeo. There we go. There you go. You need to get yourself to Goodwood because, um, and certainly they were doing it up until I don't know if they did it last year or not or the year before. But if you go to the manufacturer's day, you can get to drive the cars up the, up the hill. But you've got to be there early, and it's normally on the Thursday, um, and and it's free. Normally they're free, and I reckon with your clout, um, because people know you, you would you they would be handing you the keys quite easily. Claire's got no clout. She's got oh, nothing. Yes. She can honestly. What could she say? I am Taylor. Like, get out of here. Uh, no, that'd be amazing. And yeah. um, no, that really would. Uh, we didn't mention Goodwood when you asked us where we'd love to go, and that would definitely be up there for sure. We love watching it every year on the live stream. I've been meaning yeah. to get there, and I know Taylor's quite keen as well now. I think it'd be fantastic. So yeah, add that to the list. And this year, if we could, really, fingers crossed. Yeah, it's the sixth to the ninth of July. Um, so it's uh, it's going to be. It'll be. Should, hopefully, if it still goes ahead, they're still selling selling tickets. Um, it'll be a cracker. Uh, but I, I drove up the hill in an old. It, what it was a. What was it? It was a Infinity. Um, hybrid, um, and it was great fun. They put an extra set, an extra chicane to stop you going really crazy. Um, but it was fantastic fun. And I remember um, getting to the start, and then they let me away, and I just floored it. And it was they always said an instructor or a kind of uh, salesperson from uh, Infinity, and he said, ah, I see you want to take this hill climb seriously. And I said, I wouldn't have traveled about 600 miles to get here, you know, <laughs> and not, not have the chance. Um, but uh, it was great fun. It was fantastic and definitely worth nice. it. If you get the chance to do it, you just contact the manufacturers in advance. Um, mm-hmm. Pick a car you'd like to drive and who's there. And then I'm sure that if, if you do it a bit, you know, give yourself time, um, you could be driving up the Goodwood Hill and think what kind of video that could make. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. That Love channel. That. That, would be, that would be something. Um, but uh, And there's so many ranges. For, there's anything from Fiat's to Ferraris. So there's all sorts of stuff um, that you could do there. That... Um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll, I'll quickly check the, um, in fact, we've had Sarah Johnson saying she's had three Alfa Romeos. That's pretty good going, isn't it? So she'll be um, used to lots of uh, kind of wonderful European cars. And we've had people saying Bentleys and all sorts. Uh, Porsche Cayman is also very popular. Um, but uh, so there's lots of, of amazing cars. So I'm sure when you get your racing license in the future and the money's coming in, you'll be able to say, right, that would be the one that you'd quite like. That, um now, um, what would be what's your your next big race that's coming up that we can that we can all watch you doing? Is it our uh, big championship event? I know you've got your Donington one tomorrow, but um, have you got any more big you know a kind of celebrity event coming up quite soon? Um, celebrity events, not really, not at the moment. They always come out the blue and and literally a week before, a, d- a day before. They they don't they don't want us to have any training. Uh, so you have to to practice over two days before uh, in total panic mode. Uh, so I haven't got anything like that yet, but I'm sure that there will be things coming uh, about very very shortly. Um, what I do have though is the Sprint Cup season three of uh, the same grid, which I'm taking yeah, very seriously. Yeah, with my uh, my my partner, my uh, teammate Yvonne Vanderberg, who's a Paralympian athlete. Uh, she oh. does. Uh, 
yeah archery so uh, she's she's a very 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 uh talented driver as well and uh i'm doing the next race next round which is round three at imola so we haven't been very lucky in round one and two uh, but we've worked really hard to just qualify in uh, split five we just made it in split five and um yeah i'm taking this very seriously i I'm, I'm absolutely enjoying the experience even though we were not very lucky with round one and two we've been bashed around a lot um yeah i think round three will be amazing fingers crossed uh no incident in that wow oh, that sounds like great fun and also you've, you've um, upgraded your your sim rig in the last year as well now you have a track racer um rig there um do you have plans to continue the upgrading or do you think it's a rig you'll have for a wee while yet that's a question I get, I get uh, asked quite often. Um, I, for now, I'm happy with what uh, with um, with my TR8. Um, I was happy with the RS6, if I'm completely honest. But uh, I, I do have a fiance who needs who needed a rig, so we said, well, that's a, a good uh, a good occasion for me to to be upgrading to something that uh, that is very similar to the RS6 and still follow um, what I expect from a rig uh, in, in terms of look, in terms of functionality. So I'm very happy with the with the new rig and I think Jeff is quite happy with his uh, new rig. Yeah, I'm over the moon. I've got, a, it's the first time I've ever had a proper rigid rig and obviously thanks to Track Racer for sorting us out with both of them. Uh, Taylor will be doing a video on her TR8 rig soon. It looks amazing. It kind of does everything you want. Obviously, it's a bit different to the 80-20 aluminium kind of uh, rig that you'll see in a lot of places. And of course, Track Racer do do those as well. Um, but I find that they lack a little bit of um, kind of form. Uh, they all tend to look obviously identically boxy and that's about it. Uh, so we like to have these flowy rigs that look very, very nice indeed. And uh, yeah, I'm delighted with mine as well. So couldn't complain. You could always have more, Hugh, but to be honest, um, you know, Frostmart will make these incredible wheels. We've got the low cell pedals. We've got gear boxes. We've got button boxes. We've got, you know, Taylor's got shifters and so on. Uh, to want for any more would be, I think, a bit lavish. So uh, we're just really happy with what we've got. And uh, maybe we can start to spread the love uh, maybe more to the community in the future and, and get some other people with equipment as well um, and kind of get it out to them rather than spending it on us. So. Yeah, let's see what we can do. Uh, it, I have to say the track racer looks amazing with all your television screens. It's all built to take that, isn't it? So you can just order the rig and then it, and you put your TV on it and all the bits and pieces. Was it was it quite straightforward to build? Was it quite or was it was it quite a difficult thing to do? No, it's it's very easy to build. Um, I think the only thing that takes a bit of time is is for you to find the perfect position because you have to keep adjusting things as w when it gets to where you really like it. Um, and I was very very um, I was I knew exactly what I wanted because I was very very happy with the RS6. So it was a bit of a game trying to get it to the same level and the same angle that I was uh, with before. Um, but yeah, I think I'm in the perfect angle now. It's a little bit. It's a bit different. My uh, my seat is tilted backwards a little bit, and it's really helping with my uh, my back. Yeah, I don't know if you can see. It's a little bit tilted backwards because they have a um, the the frame on the side allows you to to tilt it a little bit uh, backwards or or just have it a bit straighter. Um, so that's a bit different. That's good for your and back, really, obviously. Yeah. yeah, it's really really helping my back. Um, and, and yeah, I, I just I, I think I'm, I've reached perfection. I won't move it further. Yeah, there's a post on Taylor's Instagram showing all the parts for it. It's impressively easy. Uh, a lot of it is part built in the factory, I think, I'm guessing. So when you get it, genuinely, it's just bolting a few things together. You really don't need the instruction manual. Um, and it's just putting a few very large, heavy, chunky bolts together, and you're done. Uh, and even for the monitor mount as well that goes on top of it, it's a very simple construction. So 
really cannot complain. Um, but like Claire said, adjusting it can take forever. Uh, and it's a longer process than you realise because, of course, you kind of need to get in the rig and do a lap of something or two. Yeah. And then see how it feels. And like, actually, okay, well, let's change that today. And you change that and you try another few laps. You're like, oh, maybe. So it's, it's a long process. Building it was like 10, 15 minutes. And then adjusting took hours, getting exactly what you want. And then you try it for a bit longer. And you're like, well, actually, maybe we could do that. And, and then, you know, you're kind of looking at it thinking, are you comfortable? No, not really. Okay, so let's try that. And yeah, that's a, I guess it's part of the fun. But uh, I guess you're going to be doing that at some point. You, right? Where's your rig? Yes, absolutely. It's up in my box room at the moment. Um, but because uh, um, unfortunately my children are, are too near and they complained last night when I was racing that they could hear the sound. So I thought, right, I'll come down here and I'll, I'll do the, the, the streaming interviews in my kitchen. But yes, but we've got, um, I'm, I'm, I'm about to buy a new PC, so I'll be getting your advice um, on how to get all that sorted. Um, and uh, I'm hoping to, to also improve my uh, rig as well because I've, I've had a G29 wheel and pedals for the last three and a half years, along with just a, a play seat challenge, really the kind of entry level um yeah. uh, uh, unit. Uh, but it's been very very good and hence the fat man in a cheap sim it kind of works quite well um for that but i would like to get something slightly more expensive or something a bit more upmarket um, and a bit better and i have to say when i was looking at the track racer that does look like a, a very very good rig and also it, it would be much more efficient in terms of using the room in the box room to fit it in because my monitor is far too far away um and i need to kind of with a rig like you've got it, everything is fit fits properly isn't it it's all designed for every bit of equipment. Well, yeah, if you've seen Taya's, um, just putting her arm out now. If you've seen Taya's video on monitor stands, uh, you'll see there's uh, obviously a couple of different sort of things that we've done in the past. You've got the kind of DIY thing when you perch it on the edge of a desk and, and yeah. stuff like that. But we've found some of the best ways are obviously to have a dedicated monitor stand, which is very useful. Um, yeah. because it, you can get it kind of right over your wheelbase, of course, and you can't do that with a normal kind of stand. And then the second option really is to have it very close to a wall and use uh, a wall mount. And then that way you can kind of swivel it across and over the wheelbase. We used to do that before, and that's what I do now. I've got some of mine mounted on the wall, and you can just swivel them around. And if you have your rig up against the wall, they can come around and basically fit over the wheelbase nicely. But, you know, these, yeah. these wall mounts cost 10, 15, 20 pounds, really. They're pretty cheap. Um, and that's, I found, one of the best ways to get a monitor close to your rig. And if not, you have to spend, you know, sort of more like 150, 200, 300 pound on a monitor stand, which is a bit more of an investment. Uh, again, very lucky Track Racers sent that for Tear to review. Um, you know, these kind of investments we probably couldn't make otherwise. So, yeah, uh, I'd recommend the wall mount as a cheap alternative. I'm actually using a desk mount at the moment. So I've got my monitor mounted on the desk on those kind of desk swinging mounts that cost 20 pounds on Amazon. And I just swing that from my desk round to the front of my rig and it's working a treat so i've got a desk during the day and a rig party during the day or party in the evening and a business during the day so there we go that's brilliant and so what would be your, your kind of advice to all your your followers who are looking i mean many of them are already into sim racing and are, are already competing but maybe to those who have, have come on board recently and they want to get a rig or they want to kind of get started what would be your kind of first bit of advice um for getting a rig and getting started in in uh, in, in sim racing I'll, yeah, I'll go to you first today, if you like. Um, the first bit of advice that would be, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure. Um, well, it depends for a start which which game they would be starting on. Um, but if they were to start um on ACC, I guess uh, it would be to. To do the uh, the what I've done in my in my first few series to uh, be patient, you know, learn about the tracks, huh? 
Oh, what equipment you mean? Oh, sorry. Um, equipment. Well, I think I think the equipment uh, for me. I started with the Placid Challenge. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if it's exactly the same one you've got, uh, Hugh, but uh, but it was the most comfortable thing, and um, and yes, I think it was it was just perfect for me. It looked like a racing seat. It was comfortable. It was doing the job. So you don't need to spend straight away. Um, um, you you know you don't need to invest into a rig. You can just start with a with a placid challenge. Um, and when you finally start finding your pace and you see if uh, sim racing is completely for you, then you can start upgrading on uh, a lovely track racer like mine. Uh, but starting with a a placid challenge can be a, a great start um, in terms of uh, starting with. I started with Logitech pedals um, as well. I do think the the TLCM are a great starter kit. If I'm if I'm completely honest, if I could have started with that, I would have started with that. Um, what do you think? You you just started recently, restarted recently, so you might be best uh, placed to answer that question. Not really, because I was lucky enough to get some very uh, very sweet donations. Um, no, I think if you're taking it back quite a lot, you honestly. I, I think everyone should take the journey of of starting in the in the, uh, the basement in the bargain basement and get um, the cheapest wheel you can because I think there's some people in your chat now that have never done sim racing right I can guess actually there's probably a few um, who've never actually done sim racing with a wheel on a on a PC for example so if you have a console or if you do have a, a cheaper PC because it can still run a lot of sims um, I would recommend that you get the cheapest wheel you can find on eBay. Preferably one that does have force feedback as well. Um, I do believe the, some of the cheapest uh, Thrustmaster, like the T150 maybe, or the TMX, I'm not sure which one's which, but the very cheapest wheel and pedals you can find, it costs about £100 or £80 on on eBay or, or, or Amazon that has a bit of force feedback in it, and play with them and start to put them on a desk, or if you've got a table, put them on the end of a table and stick the table in the middle of your living room and do that and stick them on the end of the table, just like Taya and I did back in the day, right? All those kind of things, enjoying the early experience. And then very quickly, you'll want to get a Logitech set of pedals. And then very quickly, you'll probably want to get yourself to play seat challenge, right? Because that's the, probably the cheapest way to get a rig. It's like £150 or less if you get a second hand. And then, um, yeah, that's kind of where it goes on to, I think. The kind of Logitech and play seat where you're at, I think, is a great way to really get into sim racing. But for a lot of people, I would say just get yourself a wheel because there's a lot of people that still use a controller there's a lot of people that don't really experience what it's like to use a wheel and it's quite a big difference when you get the wheel and pedals even the cheapest set the immersion ramps up and, and obviously the better quality uh, equipment the more immersion goes but it doesn't make that much faster so yeah make sure you enjoy getting on track and make sure you do it with a wheel of any kind on a desk on a table on your PC desk, whatever it is, uh, and once you're hooked, get yourself a Logitech and a play seat, I think. And then, or maybe, I mean, to be honest, the cheapest Thrustmaster things, the T150, are, are maybe better than the Logitech yeah. because the belt, anything that's more belt driven than gear driven does feel great. And that's something I hope you experience soon. If you get yourself a little T300 or something like that from Thrustmaster, I think you'll be surprised at the difference in the feedback. Uh, it's not a lot more powerful, but it feels quite different with more fidelity. So, yeah, that'll be something for you to experience soon, hopefully. Yes, no, absolutely. Because I mean, the wheel is good, but I like something that gives me more feel. And I know that my pedals have been um, every so often they cause a bit of grief. Um, yeah, they, I, the pentameters don't like the dirt, do they? So it doesn't take too long. It was quite funny though because my wife came into the into the room when I was cleaning them, and I, I, I borrowed her hair dryer, and I was using the hair dryer to blow everything out, and it worked. You know? So you know, so that was it. Clearly, it wasn't for my own hair, uh, as little as there is there. 
Um, so it's, uh, but no, all sorts of things do work uh, in those circumstances. Um, but of course, you, you did also do a video on the V-Rig a few, a, a few months back, wasn't it? The, the, the V-Rig looked incredible. Um, that when it moves into different, into different uh, positions, doesn't it, for different kind of games. How, how did you find that? It was super duper comfortable, so comfortable um, to try out the different positions. I think I only got to try two different positions. I couldn't quite get used to the fact that my feet were so high uh, for F1, and I was very impressed with that. Um, and I, I don't know which which of the position. I think I tried the rally and then F1, and I can't remember what was the, the last position I didn't get to try. Um, it was amazing, absolutely amazing. Um, it, it, an amazing rig. I think it was... It's about a thousand uh, euros. It's about a thousand euros, um, which is not that bad. Really, what yeah. Oh, for up. what it does, no, it's quite, it's quite a, a good value. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's the thing. In fact, um, uh, oh, we've got a, a good question on that note uh, from Sarah Johnson. Um, uh, Sarah and Jeff, do you have any advice on how to start streaming, and what is your ultimate goal with streaming? I can uh, answer that. Yeah, Taylor wants world domination. So. Uh... <laughs> So Tara actually wants to uh, do enough streaming to get enough money from donations and members to pay for hair dye, obviously, as you can see, um, but also to raise enough income to pay for like her own cat village, where she wants to create like this miniature sized world that looks really cute. And it's all in kind of like one quarter size. And you've got cats inhabiting it, running all around and being cute. And you've got like a little cat chef and a little cat postman. Yeah, and then you've got the little cat Amazon delivery driver delivering the cat stuff to everyone, and she just wants to live in a little cat world, really. So if she can get the money together for that, uh, she'll then be able to steal enough cats from the neighbourhood and start her own cat world. Is that right? <laughs> to answer the question, uh, we started with uh, with with the cheapest equipment we had. I think we had a, a camera laying around. I can't even remember why we bought this camera in the first place. I think we bought it when we decided to stream, and it was a Logitech camera. I don't know how much we paid for it. It was maybe 15, 20 pounds. We used our iPhone as camera. Uh, there was an app you could download, and then you could use it as a, as a camera, uh, plugging into the PC and everything. So we had really, really cheap, um, really cheap tools uh, to start with so I, I think uh, the most important is to find uh, what you want to be streaming stick to what you want to be streaming find your goals stick to that um, and be fairly consistent with it um, but I think the equipment come as you develop as you're sure that you're you're interested in streaming um, for example the the camera and the microphone we upgraded to uh, where the first really big investment we did, and we did it, I think, after six months streaming. So it wasn't the first thing we did. I think the focus was more on um, on the content rather than... Huh? Uh, ultimate goal, uh, though, would be to... We have this crazy thought that one day we'll, we'll have a lot of uh, subs. Uh, I don't want to say how many. It's, uh, it's a million. bit of a... It's, it's good to have a dream. One million. Um, so what it is, right, I'll tell you, Hugh. So what we do is, is Taya's wanted to create content since she was a very small girl, right? 
And so she's lucky enough now that she's found something she can do, which is uh, really exciting for her and also inspiring for others, right? So she's very much keen on bringing more and more women into the world of sim racing. And she's also keen on showing people that anyone can go from literally zero and knowing very little of any kind of racing and get to a point where you can actually be competitive if you want and not being afraid to show that. So that's something we want to keep doing and want to keep moving forward with. And of course, she wants to keep involving more and more women and girls and younger girls and you know she's got a long way to go where to the point where she'll be feeling like she's at the top so that that can go on forever to be honest and we don't really sort of see those goals changing and then we funnily enough we talked about this uh, earlier or the other day i said you know what do you what do you think Terry Muson could look like in 20 years time right I mean, why not? And, and yeah, this idea of having like some sort of sim racing academy for for women and young girls, where they use this to get into the top levels of esports in F1 and ACC, etc. And it's kind of known as like internationally, like yeah, one day I want to grow up to be in the, the Termies on sim racing school um, and get to do that. And those kind of things could be quite fun uh, ideas. But ultimately, if there's something that was actually created for the future, then you know, it could be quite quite a cool plan. So yeah, we've got some near term. Uh, plans we've got things we'd like to keep doing one thing we always say is that we never look at the numbers i know you've also mentioned things like how many subs and things growing and so on but to be honest it doesn't really serve you to look at any numbers um yeah. it, it, you know there's a lot of reasons why they could be up or down or otherwise and that's not really what this is all about it's about having fun um, it's about enjoying the content you do and of course like you know what we said inspiring others is, is something that can keep you going quite a lot as well so for those reasons we just want to keep going and enjoying it if the numbers keep going up that's great because it means we're doing a good job and obviously people are getting more and more interested in it um, and hopefully we're diversifying our audience a bit so yeah that's what i think what about you Ta? yeah i think there's nothing wrong with having a vision so um i mean Jeff once asked me what what's where the best YouTubers out there, and I have my own favorite YouTubers who um, I can see where I want my channel to head. Uh, like Jeff said, we don't really focus on the numbers because I, I still remember what it was like to stream with uh, two viewers, and I was still giving the same the same energy that I'm giving now with maybe uh, well with uh, 60 viewers, 100 viewers. For me, it's the same thing. I'm still uh, focusing on the same goals. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it's, there's nothing wrong with having a vision. So I, I can see in my head where I want it to head towards. And I think Jeff said uh, about having maybe a, a school academy in the future where we could train um, little girls and, and, and children in school um, coming after school and coming to the Te Amusant Academy to become e F1 eSport driver. That would, that would be just amazing, I think, uh, to have something like that in a, in a few years uh, to see where, yeah, let's just see where we head. Like I said, uh, I absolutely love saying yes to everything that comes my way. Um, and that's how I met you, Hugh. Uh, you, you just uh, emailed me. I said yes. And that's been, that's been fun every time. So, yeah, let's see where we get in. Uh, oh, Jeff. Don't forget. We don't know where sim racing is going. I mean, apart from the fact that it's growing massively, I mean, the technology is obviously improving, right? So imagine how exciting sim racing is going to be in five years or 10 years time or even 15 years or, you know, God forbid, 20 years time, how exciting it will be then. So, yeah, it's only going in a positive direction. It's only growing. And I think there's a lot of exciting things in the future that we probably couldn't even predict yet. There we go. Well, I reckon if you get if you get an intro or an, or a, or an invite from Formula W, make sure you say yes to that one. Um, I could see you racing in that Formula 3 car alongside all the others and, and doing a good job. I think that would be an amazing thing because they were, there were rumours they were going to make that an actual esports championship, but I don't think it ever came round. I never certainly saw any more about that, um, but I thought that was quite a pity because I think that would have been quite a good championship to do. Um, but uh, maybe they'll do it this year um, or when they get back to racing, they'll, they'll, they'll try it again. 
Uh, but no, it would be great to see you in a real racing car as well um, and showing a clean pair of heels. Uh, we'd all be there rooting for you. Um, but uh, it's been phenomenal for you to come on the show tonight for your second appearance on the Car Sim and Race Driver Show. And for all everyone who's been watching, if you like what you see, it would be great to have you along. Subscribe if you can. That would be amazing. And if you like sim racing interviews, then we've got lots of history. For example, people like David Perel, Super GT, and hopefully very soon we're going to have JSR Devon as well, um, and Jimmy Broadbent in the future. If you meet Jimmy, tell him he's overdue. He needs to get back to me to get a slot sorted out. Um, but it's been absolutely fantastic to have you on the show. And for everyone in the chat as well, for all your questions and comments, it's been brilliant. Thank you very, very much um, for participating and coming on um, the show tonight. Um, you know our 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 kind of uh, our last minute thing as we say is to drive fast and try not to crash. I've never heard Thea. I think I've heard you, Jeff, say it possibly, but um, Thea, would you like to end the show with our famous our famous phrase? Well, and don't forget, guys, drive fast and try not to crash. Fantastic. Perfect. Stay on the yeah. stay yes. on the line. We will see you all very soon. Take care. Bye, just now.